to Bell. Go deep. Anderson's out there. This is going to go the distance. Now, stiff arm and he throws down to the bender. Stiff arm's a crap. Having a great match right there. Fighting through contact, fighting through offensive line, beating a double team, multiple moves stacked into one. Just a play of pure domination. This is actual film, this is actual football talk. It's a football show, we're supposed to football, not storylines. And you are listening to another edition of TOJ Film Room. Uh, it's been a couple of months. I'm really excited to, to get back. I'm hoping that video wasn't. Uh, too laggy, but we are going to uh, talk about that in a little bit. But episode 64, I don't think I've done a show since maybe the Cowboys game. Uh, didn't really review film. There's a couple of things going on. Uh, job switch, not a, not, you know, it's not like I'm not a cop anymore, but I switched departments. That took a little bit of getting used to. Um, also, just the, the negativity that was going around about the Jets and uh, some of the lack of impact I felt the show was having, not on the listeners. The listeners have come out. Um, the followers have come out in the last couple of days and said it meant a lot to them and all that stuff, but it's just crazy to put out a lot of film and a lot of, you know, factual type stuff. And then it really not have a big impact on, um, a lot of different people on social media that got to me a little bit, but we're back now. Uh, I don't really care about the reach anymore. I know I had a lot of people who enjoyed the show, uh, guys like Joe, guys like Scott, guys like, uh, Charmin, um, Charmin, Charmin, however you pronounce that. Uh, the guy who uh, I know he messaged me, he, him and his kid watched. So I apologize to those people, definitely the the Patreons too, who I uh, really enjoyed the show, and just a bunch of people on Reddit um, as well who would, who would post about the show, YouTube comments, the people who left tons of reviews. I only got, I think I got like forty four or five stars, and then one uh, one star review from a guy who was a five star. So I must have said something to piss them off. I don't know what it exactly was, but as you guys know, I don't really like to hold a lot of stuff back. Um, but today is not going to be a lot of film. Um, I'll discuss some of the things I, 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 you know, I've seen throughout the uh, season as I go through about 20 questions I think I have in a mailbag. But I am working on doing a, a Jack Conklin review right now. I'm on like week four or something like that. So I still have a bit to go. But the issue I'm having too is why I've changed locations um, in terms of like my, my background is I'm having some internet troubles, which I'm hoping that somebody can help me with maybe if they're listening to their techie guys. but. Uh, internet wasn't working at all. And then I had an Xfinity guy come out, you know, yesterday, I uh, fixed it, went to 350 megabits per second download speed. And then now it just drops to 36 megabits per second. And then it'll shoot back up to like 300 and something again. So I'm hoping that's, it's not laggy. Um, but because when I connect my computer directly to the modem, apparently it was shutting off my internet where you couldn't even connect to the internet. So I don't know what's going on with the internet, but I got to figure that out because uh, as the tech guys know, running a show with you know audio recording and then showing stuff on the screen, I don't want it to be laggy and you need really fast uh, you know, Wi-Fi abilities to be able to do that. So I got to figure that out. Uh, somehow I'm going to change it, but that's, um, that's something that will be figured out in the next couple of weeks. But for now, like I said, mailbag, so hopefully it's not too slow. It's not too um, laggy, but like I said, I am back. I'm going to be doing film. I'll be doing free agents. I'll be doing draft guys now. Maybe last year where I probably did 
She's 20, 20 or so Jets players. I recorded about 32 draft prospects. I probably want to put out like 15 to 20 reviews. Did a bunch of Jets players, uh, did a bunch of free agents. Um, I might slow down a little bit in terms of putting out that much reviews. I burn myself out a little bit, but um, I am going to be back. And the, the bigger type guys, most likely even the mid-level guys, I will be uh, putting out reviews on. And let's be real, even the, the lesser guys, I'll probably put out smaller reviews on because it is an addiction at a certain point um, with this stuff where I don't like to kind of do something half-ass or do you know only one or two players, but not the rest of the guys. So you'll probably be getting a, a good amount of film, just maybe not as much. I was, I was killing myself with that stuff. But um, other than that, I'd say to... Uh, Oh yeah, I I put I put in my notes here that uh, Charmin too or Charmin who was doing the, um, who was doing the uh, TOJ Film Room Twitter. He was running that for a while, even when I wasn't doing shows. So I definitely appreciate him. So I'll I'll shout out him twice. Uh, leave reviews on the podcast app. They definitely help me reach out to more people, which I definitely do want to do. Uh, send emails to blueatjoetoj at gmail if you have any questions about schemes or really anything. If you have any comments for the show, but you don't want you don't have a Twitter whatever it may be, uh, you can email me there. Maybe suggestions. Hey, this is how you can make the show better. Um, I like this, but I think you can improve in this way. Uh, maybe you can send me an email with my freaking Wi-Fi because I don't get it. <laughs> how it just shoots from 36 megabits per second to 350 megabits per second a couple of minutes later. Uh, maybe it's because the security system is plugged into my house. I got to see if that makes a difference, but it's really uh, bugging me. But today is a, uh, a mailbag. Might be a little bit rusty in terms of speaking to myself on a computer uh, for about an hour or so. Um, and like I said, the second half of the season, for the most part, I watched it like you guys watched it. I didn't really watch the film of it. Uh, was having a couple of cold beverages and watching the game. So uh, in terms of the film of the second half of the season, I might be a little bit rusty. I'll probably go back and, and watch you know, uh, that second half of the season just to get a better understanding of it, but I was still watching it. So it's not like I don't know what's going on. And it's not like I forgot everything that I, that I knew. Um, but going back over some film and, and labeling some stuff for the Jack Conklin uh, show that will be coming up. Um, I was looking at some of the techniques. I was like, what did I used to call this? Oh yeah. It was just forward called this. Oh, is this good technique or bad te technique? Like I, there's a bunch of things that uh, not doing it for three, four months. You definitely get a little bit rusty. That's for sure. So um, let's jump into the mailbag though. Won't be too, too long of a show. Like I said, let's see, I have 19 questions. Some of them kind of intersect as well. So it might be a shorter one, but uh, I did announce I'm coming back. So I didn't want to announce I was coming back and I have to wait forever um, to put out another film show because the first three days or the th two, three days after I announced I'm coming back, I couldn't even watch film on my computer because I couldn't connect to the internet. So, uh, which I can connect to the internet on my phone, but on my computer sometimes. So techie guys, like I said, please help me. Um, first question from Ryan Gallagher at R Gallagher underscore two underscores. Um, would you add Jason Peters for one year or Beecham? Um, Peters is 38. Beecham is 30. So uh, Peters would have to be a one-year deal. You think at this point, he's also an often injured tackle uh, whose play has dropped where Beecham, we might not love Beecham as a starting left tackle. Um, in my opinion, I think he's slightly below average. Uh, he's, he's maybe in that 20 to 25 range of left tackles in the league um, right now. But I think you would be able to sign him for maybe two, three years 
um, with a year, year and a half, maybe two years guaranteed because you look at the, the tackle market right now. Um, yeah, it's great in the draft, but the draft is so unpredictable and you don't want to go into next season um, with a big question mark at, at left tackle. Um, even if they do get the guy they want, maybe he'll be a right tackle for a year and then move over to left tackle. What if the top four you know, tackles are off the board by the time the Jets pick? Or what if they don't like one of the – you know, top uh, four guys that are – they're all highly touted and, and Thomas and Wirfs and um, those other guys. Like I said, Rusty on the – the name is Rusty on a lot of things. Uh, I've been looking into some stuff, but I've been looking at it every day, so I'll forget some names and stuff. Um, but I, I – with a position as big as left tackle – I need that to be addressed before the before the draft. So even if you sign him for, like I said, a year or two um, and give him not that much guaranteed uh, money, I think it's something that's necessary. And, and the thing, the problem with that too, though, is if you look at a tackle market, there's literally nobody out there um, that I saw that is really an intriguing name. So you might have some competition from Beecham. So Beecham is not a guy you really want to uh, let hit the open market. It's a guy you want to sign right now, 30 years old. Um, Offensive lineman lasts a little bit longer, so he's still relatively in his prime. He might start, start dropping off in a couple of years, but he's been pretty healthy um, for the most part. I know he missed a, a, a few games uh, last year, but I'd much rather have a guy at 30 who could be here for two, three years versus Peters, who is you know, declining drastically, or drastically at this point um, at 38 years old. So definitely looking to, to re-sign Beecham. You can't replace the whole offensive line uh, in one year, and he is – probably the best player on the offensive line right now which is which is not good obviously shell was he's he's not a good player he's not going to be back most likely um i forget how his contract works i think this is his fourth going to his fourth year or fifth year so he might not even be back i'm not even completely sure um but he should not be starting next year um you know winters i know he has he's on on contract uh, or under contract for the Jets, but I believe they can save like seven seven and a half million dollars by cutting him but that's if you replace him at guard uh, are you bringing back Harrison to be the center? You know, uh, who is who is going to be the left guard right now? I know um, Lewis was signed or, or you know traded for in a one. Uh, I think it's a one year deal, so I think he's available next year. I think they have to re-sign him, but we'll get into him later. And I know, and I'm not too sure about him. So you're looking in the next couple of years to replace five guys. So Beecham's the most consistent guy right now in a thin market of tackle and in free agency with an unpredictable draft. I'm definitely bringing Beecham back for for a multi year deal. And even if you have to cut them next year because you get two tackles, um, then you cut them and you lose some of the guaranteed money, whatever it may be. But uh, I think Beecham's definitely the best option right now, uh, you know, in free agency at least. Number two, uh, Fuego Jets takes at Fuego Jets takes. Um, no spaces. How good is Alex Lewis and what are your thoughts on Chuma Doga? Uh, me personally, I like Lewis as a backup, you know, a backup like swing guard. Uh, maybe he'd pinch it in center. I haven't really seen him at center. But he was an often injured guy. You know, with the Ravens, he showed some promise. I think he's a physically imposing player, strong player, tough player. I don't think his technique is very good. Um, and he shows f some flashes of really good play and some flashes of really bad play. Um, so I, I would prefer him to be a backup. I don't think the Jets should settle for mediocrity. It's, you know, just because he had a player or two or, you know, a highlight two or, or a highlight or two that people have seen um, doesn't mean he's necessarily a good player. I think he's below, you know, well below average guard in the Jets for Sam Donald's sake right now. I have to, you know, strive for, for better than Alex Lewis at guard. And it seems like, you know, especially when he's playing a lot, you know, the second half of the year when, you know, KO was out and all these injuries took place in the Jets offensive line. He, every time the Jets had a big play, it was it was holding or illegal block in the back or hands to the face on Alex Lewis. So he didn't really perform so well last year that I think he should 
um, come back as the automatic, you know, uh, starting left guard next year. And that's not even taking into consideration his injuries that he has. So uh, inconsistent play with an injured past, uh, plus striving for greater. I don't think he should be the, the starting left guard next year in an ideal world. Now, maybe he has to be because the Jets replace, you know, center, right tackle and, and right guard. Um, and then you're moving into next season with with you know three good players on the right side, and you know your left side is Beecham and a struggling Lewis. You have to replace you know Lewis the year after because, like I said, you can't replace everybody um, in in one off season. It's not going to happen. If they replaced three guys, I, I would be ecstatic. If it was only two guys, I'd understand. But I really do feel like it has to be three guys at this point. There are some guys in free agency, even though not a ton. And obviously the, the draft is pretty offensive line heavy this year, which is a you know a definite positive for. Um, you know, the Jets. And in, in terms of Adoga, in terms of that, you know, the second part of that question where he asked, uh, what are your thoughts on Chuma Adoga? Um, Adoga is a guy I feel he could he could develop into a future starter right now. Again, kind of with Alex Lewis. He's a little, he's younger than Alex Lewis. He's only a second year in the league. I feel like he could be, you know, a potential future starter, but he just doesn't have the, the NFL strength right now. I think he has good technique. I think he has, you know, quick feet. I think he's pretty athletic. Um, but his strength is severely lacking, um, you know, at, at this point right now. So I don't think you can just, you know, guarantee that he's going to get stronger. You'd think he gets stronger, but you look at a guy in Beach, a guy in Beecham, a guy in Beecham has always had some, you know, kind of uh, physical uh, things that have held him back in terms of strength. If he gets a strong guy uh, who even just gets, in, you know, good, good uh, hand placement on his shoulder pads, I'm in the center of his chest controlling his center of mass. Um, you know, he'll get bull rushed back into the quarterback. That's been his problem. So you can't just guarantee, oh, well, he's going to get stronger. He, Odogo also has a little bit of a weird body type where he has really long limbs, but kind of a, a really short, uh, tr- like, upper body. So he's kind of awkward as well. So we have to see how much, you know, strength he can really add. But uh, he's a guy who I think would be the primary backup swing tackle in a perfect world. Now, again, could he go into the year as a starting right tackle? And, and could you – you know, assume that he'll be better than last year, uh, most likely because, you know, second year in an NFL offseason program, full year in an offseason program, uh, getting older, he'll get stronger. But I wouldn't love him coming into the season um, as a starting right tackle. Uh, next question. I have some pressure because I, rem- I remember I pronounced his name correctly in the, in the past, but it's been a, a, a you know a long time. Anil Ramlakan. Uh I might have been close. I might have been a little bit off there. Um, At Elvis Jets 85, he asked, can the Jets get by with Lewis at one of the guard spots? Like I said, some of the questions would be, you know, kind of overlapping here. And get by, what what, what is get by? I I think if they, you know – if he's their worst offensive lineman and they, and they re-sign Beach and then they replace center to right tackle, can they get by with him? Yes, because at that, at that point, with just one below average starter, you know, could they be a top 15 offensive line in the league? Yes, there's been plenty of really good offensive lines who you know, might be really strong at three or four positions and then struggling at one or two. So could they get by with him? Um, sure, but they better make sure they really work on the rest of the offensive line and they better make sure they have depth. Uh, last year, the Jets were down to like you know guys who were like their 11th or 12th guys on the on the offensive line, or who even, who weren't even on the roster to start the year. Uh, I forget the guy's name from the practice squad they got from the uh, from the Bills and then signed their practice squad. He got signed during the season to play a game or two, so um, they better make sure they have the depth because, like I said, with his injury concerns, you just can't rely on him to be healthy for 16 games at this point. Just you know, based on his uh, based on his past and his play is below average at well, so. Would I be happy about him starting? No. Uh, next question, Sharman. Uh, Philip, 
I think it's C-H-A-R-M-N Hill 341, no spaces. Um, on Twitter, he asked, do, you, do I think – do I think center should be addressed in free agency or the draft? Um, looking at the center market, uh, like I said, I've been a little bit tapped out. I, I looked into it and, you know, looking at guys like Matt Skura from the Ravens, Connor McGovern from the Broncos, Brett Jones from the Vikings, uh, who I don't think are, you know, all that good. I think they could be average players for the Jets, but again, striving kind of high. Um, I'm not one of those guys who's just going to go on Google and type in top centers. Oh yeah. This guy from Bama and this guy from LSU would not watch their film and give, and uh, a strong opinion on them. So I don't really know what the draft holds. But again, with positions that are important um, and offensive line, every single position is important. You know, depending on the scheme, you know, tackle could be more important than guard, than center, than center, than left tackle, whatever it may be. Every position on the offensive line is important. Center is important on the offensive line. They're, they're the brain of the offensive line. They have more of a view of the defensive fronts they're, they're going against. They're the guys who are tasked primarily with the, with the, the shifts and, you know, if they're going to slide to one side, if they're going to go Gilligan on one side and, and slide to one, the other side, it, it's, it's all, uh, you know, the center has a lot on their shoulders. Um, and plus they are defending the guys in the middle who are the closest to, to the quarterback at that point. So it's a definitely an important position um, in terms of a lot of different things. So what I, I would, yes, I would like it to be addressed in, in free agency. Most likely I, I'm going to say that McGovern's probably the number one guy um, that I prefer. Skura from the Ravens is probably number two. And then Brett Jones from the Vikings is probably number three, but I know uh, Jones and Skura are guys who may be average, but they're most likely after watching some of their film, they're going to be below average. The, the free eight, it's kind of scary with the offensive line from here right now, because looking into it, the offensive line is something that the Jets desperately, desperately need. Like I said, in the next two years, I think they should have five new starters. That's that's what I think should happen. Um, but it's good in, in that the uh, the NFL draft is heavy in offensive linemen, especially in tackle. I'm not sure about guard and center. I have to look into that. But that's what I've heard, that they are pretty deep in both of those positions as well. Um, but that's a risk. What if, like I said, what if the Jets don't like a guy like Andrew Thomas because maybe he's a little bit too powerful for the zone scheme they're trying to run, so they're not really, they don't really want him at 11, and then you have the other top three guys go before the Jets pick, and now you don't have a starting you know, tackle because uh, you know, the Jets banked on you know, uh, that tackle coming in, in the draft, and now they don't have a guy in the draft. So the big needs, offensive line, uh, cornerback, you know, outside linebacker, pass rusher, I want to be addressed in the draft and also gives you more flexibility in the draft because now let's say, you know, okay, you, you picked up, um, you, you, you know, I don't know, let's say you pick up, uh, the, the starting right tackle you want, you, you pick up Conklin, um, and you know, you have Thomas there, but the Jets don't love Thomas. Um, but you have a guy in Judy there. Okay. Well now we can take Judy because we're not forced into taking right tackle. Whereas if you didn't sign, a guy in Conklin and you don't have that starting right tackle, you know, to, to trade for or to, to sign. Now you're kind of forced into a pick where maybe you have Andrew Thomas as a B player, as a fit in your team where Judy is an A plus player for you or an A player, but now you have to skip on Judy for that. I'd rather be in a position in the draft where it's best player available. That's how you get the best players. And there's some really good receivers. You could fall to the jet set. Um, you know, pick 11. There are some good tackles. There's a good pass rusher or two. Um, there's a corner, so let's. I would. I'd rather address the big needs going into the, going into the uh, draft because you don't really want to box yourself into a position where you have to take something. Um, and it, with with the the dry offensive line market, it's 
you might have to overpay for some of these guys, and that might have to happen. I think the Jets are around seventy million in in cap space right now. They're they're going to have to um, make some decisions on you know Jamal Adams if they're going to re-sign him. Uh, he's coming into year four. Do they want to make him happy and sign him a little bit early? Um, that's a decision they have to make. Are they going to you know cut Brian Winters? Are they going to um, eat a lot of dead money and, and cut Jermaine, uh, Jermaine Johnson, which I think they should at this point. Um, are they going to re- re-sign Rob Anderson? Are they going to re-sign Brian Poole, which I think is an interesting question, which I didn't see get uh, – I don't think it got brought up, or maybe it did. Uh, if it didn't, I'll, I'll address that question later, what I think about that. Um, so it's, it's kind of interesting. Uh, number five, it's hard to stare at myself. Uh, let me pull something else up. It is weird to literally just see yourself talking to yourself and right in front of the screen. Let me make sure I'm recording too. Okay, I am recording. Sweet. Give me two seconds. Okay, I'm back. And the uh, the internet is now at five megabits per second. So what the F? Okay, next question. Um, Andy DNYC. So Andy DNYC. Um, at Andy DNYC or Andy NYC. Analysis of, uh, analysis of Quinn's years, pros and cons, and color commentary, please. Don't necessarily know what you mean by that. If you want like a film review of him, I don't have that. I could pull up some plays, but I'm not going to do that right now, especially because the internet running so damn slow, you probably won't. It'll be, it'll be so laggy, you probably couldn't even see it. Um, the thing I'm going to open up with in, in terms of Quinn and Williams, yes, did he start off a little bit slow um, and even you know end the year in a place where I would say he's a little bit of a disappointment. Yes, most likely. I also think that he he was too gapping. He was a penetrator on stunts a lot, and you know it's not just an excuse. Uh, as people have written, and I appreciate people noticing that. I don't really pull punches if if I'm a big Quinning guy, and the film says he sucks, he sucks. But I don't think he sucks. Um, I think he was he was asked to do a lot in terms of taking on uh, two guys uh, in that penetrator role, long leg, whatever it may be to free up other guys. And with that statement, look at guys who didn't produce at all their rookie year in terms of defensive line. Defensive line is not an easy position to, to translate from guys you're playing at Baylor are 260 pounds on the interior or schools you've never heard of to going against the NFL and, you know, into the NFL where most guys are, are 300 plus pounds and, and are grown men at, you know, 26, 27, 28, 29, 30, plus years old so it's definitely a big um adjustment from year one to year two and, and like i said look at fado Kasi and shepherd from year one to year two and i think that next year quinn williams will be even better um than those guys so you're looking at a defensive line that, that could be really really strong with with phillips with fado Kasi, with shepherd with henry anderson who i think is a little bit of a dis- disappointment last year um with Quinn and Williams. So the Jets have a really good defensive line. I, I think he's going to um, erupt a little bit more next year or a lot of bit more. I, I, you know, if, if he's not making more impact plays in the quarterback and in the run game next year, um, it would be a disappointment. And if I was to say that he met my expectations in, in Quinn and Williams or exceeded them, I'd be lying to you. I was a little bit disappointed with him, but I still think he was a really good player. I still think he had really good technique. Um, I think he was leaning a little bit too much into, into his hands instead of kind of, you know, staying up square in his base and, and taking into his hips, um, which kind of caused him to be off balance a lot. Um, and he was a little bit – he wasn't as uh, – he was kind of playing with his hair on fire a little bit too much where I wanted him to be a little bit more reactionary in some of the ways he was taking on blocks and things like that and, and, and uh, instead of kind of just putting his head down and trying to bull rush guys or whatever it may be. But like I said, he was kind of asked to do that a little bit too to take on some guys. So um, the, the technique was still there. He could have cleaned it up a little bit. Um, but I think the power was definitely the difference that, you know, I, I think he has to adjust to, I think he has to get stronger. Um, looking at 
him, you know, a couple of years ago, he was like 250 pounds, whatever, 260 pounds, and was like a, a D end or a linebacker, I forget. And then the Alabama told him he had to gain weight to play interior defensive line to start. He did that. He dominated. Um, he's still having to get to, you know, he's still having to get used to the position. He's only been playing interior defensive line for two years. So it's not like he's a lifelong interior defensive lineman. Um, so we have to give him some time for sure. Um, 22 years old. He played last year at 21. He's going to have to take, take some time to adjust. But like I said, um, his stock is a little bit down, but if the stock is down and people are selling it, I'm definitely buying a ton of stock in Quinn Williams this year because I, I think he's going to be a very good player, um, you know, coming into um, – or he's going to deliver big coming into or you know going into next year or next year whatever you want to say, um, but I definitely think he has to, you know, get get more or get more used to to diverse NFL concepts, uh, things they're doing, how to, um, you know, get more stout in, in his stance and paired you know pair his power with technique. There's a bunch of things, but you know we'll see. Um, next question: CP at, uh, CP7NY uh, at CPIZZAIA. Um, if one of the top tackles are gone by 11 um where do you see the jets going uh i don't know if you meant if one of them because you know and i wrote this down because like i said i forgot some of the guys names thomas beckton wills and Werfs. um maybe the jets don't like one of those guys like i said you, you don't really know what if they don't like thomas or what if they don't like beckton or wills or Werfs for whatever reason maybe it's medical maybe they suck at the combine there's a lot of stuff still to go um but let's just assume that he's he's you know that that uh chris is asking um, if those, all, if all those guys are gone or if all those guys are gone, um, or if, uh, two or three of them are gone, they don't want the other one, whatever. Um, if one of the top tackles are gone by, by 11, where do you see the jets going wide receiver edge or cornerback? Um, I really only see one quarter cornerback right now who's worth taking at 11 in Okuda. Uh, there's three edge type players that, um, that I'm definitely interested in, uh, Simmons, who I don't think will be there, but he's kind of a Jack of all trades guy. I'm, I don't know if he's like a pure pass rusher type um, I think he could be but he's more of like maybe that like Jadavion Clowney uh, kind of using weird blitz packages Anthony Barr type role maybe then just a pure outside linebacker for the uh, Dion Buchanan I know you know <laughs> Jadavion Clowney and uh, Dion Buchanan are definitely different um, and Jadavion Clowney is obviously a lot better and uh, his his he you know he, I think he made it maybe have peaked out in his career he's getting a little bit older now dealing with some injuries but um, one of those guys, I would love to take one of those guys. Uh, and Simmons, Young, or, or, or Chassian, I think is how you say it, from uh, LSU, I believe it is. Um, I'm not sure, you know, depending on how he how he tests in Chassian. I know he's a guy who I'm hearing is a is a uh, unfinished product, raw, more raw type of player who has a really si you know, a high upside. So I have to look into him a little bit more. But if those top tackles are gone and they really love one of the edges um, – take one of the edges. That's, that's my, that's my opinion. If they have the same grade at edge versus wide receiver, um, then take the edge because as, as you know, it's been 15 and coming up on about 20 years and the Jets haven't had a really good edge. And we know how hard that is to, uh, to grab um, in free agency or in the NFL draft. So if an edge is there that they have rated the same as a wide receiver, take the edge. And I know the wide receiver will help Sam Darnold, um, you know, et cetera. But, uh, I'm looking at positional value. The Jets have not had an edge in forever. Um, now, obviously, if the Jets don't have, they didn't get a tackle, they didn't get all this stuff. Now, maybe if the Jets have a, you know, a, a grade on, let's say, Young is not going to fall. Uh, I don't think Simmons is going to fall. So you're looking at Chassian or Chasian, however you say his name. Uh, if they have an A grade on him and an A grade on 
you know, let's say Judy and they're both there and you didn't grab any offensive linemen, then yeah, you should probably lean to helping uh, Donald out more uh, over that positional value. But if you got a bunch of offensive linemen in free agency and, you know, you have them at the same positional or at the same uh, grade value, but you, you value the edge much higher, which every team values edge higher than, than wide receiver. I severely doubt that any team values wide receiver higher than edge. Um, take the edge. But it's, it's a really loaded question because what happens in free agency? Are the top tackles gone? Do they have – what are the grades on guys um, like Chassie? I'm, I'm calling him Chassie. I'm probably pr- pr- uh, pronouncing it wrong. But in my opinion, if, if an edge and a wide receiver have the same grade, take the edge. Uh, as of right now, when I watch it, I'm probably going to end up – it seems like people are higher in terms of just overall grade on guys like Judy, Lamb, Ruggs, maybe even uh, Chenault. Um, than a guy like Chassian. So um, I'm going to have to grade them out and, and, and weigh their overall grade versus p- positional value, et cetera. Um, but I don't, I don't think Akuda is going to be there, so I don't think that's an option. I honestly don't think Simmons is going to be there. I don't think Young is going to be there. Um, one of those top three receivers might be there. And those guys are, from everything I've seen from just watching college football, looking at some things on YouTube, I'm going to have to go into their games on YouTube and actually do film breakdowns of them, uh, maybe for the show, maybe just for myself, so for a better understanding. But uh, Judy, Judy, Lamb, and Ruggs are are all ridiculously good players. Um, at this point, if you can grab one of those at eleven, if the tackles are gone, I wouldn't be too too mad. Uh, yeah, I would prefer the top tackle, the Jets' top tackle, to be there because that's what they need help with the most. Um, to be there at eleven, that's that's my option number A. Uh, if the edge is is there. Uh, take the edge as long as they give enough help to, uh, help to Sam Darnold. Depends on if they get enough you know, offensive linemen to help him. Do they sign another running back to, to help uh, Sam Darnold out because Powell's getting a little bit older. Ty Montgomery's definitely not coming back. Um, do they sign Amari Cooper? You know, do they re-sign Robbie Anderson? It's a loaded question in terms of what they should do right now. You know, it's February, what, 7th, 6th, whatever it may be. Um, so, uh, in, in my perfect position, it's, it's, it's BPA, best player available. Uh, but you, have, you do have to weigh in, you know, positional value um, too because if, you know, let's say if Thomas has a uh, – Andrew Thomas has a 95 overall grade and then Judy has a, has a 97, I'm probably taking Thomas because of positional value. So um, it is definitely a loaded question. So uh, Spotty Blackman, next question at Spotty Blackman, no spaces. Um, the focus on O-line will keep you busy for weeks, which is true. Uh, as long as my internet works, I can get film out. But if the internet doesn't work, I can't do crap really. So it kind of sucks. Um, but what are your thoughts on the wide receiver position? Robbie adding another wide receiver to the mix, whether or not to big Robbie Anderson back or not. Um, there aren't a ton of guys from what I've seen in free agency that are you know super interesting. Um, so I would I would personally put a uh, you know a premium on getting Robbie Anderson back. I think he is undervalued by Jets fans. I think with the Jets combination of not even a combination honestly it's well yeah it was it was a lack of the run game people didn't have to load the box against the run game because uh, they just couldn't run the ball not because of Le'Veon Bell who I think is getting overlooked right now too um now I do think Le'Veon Bell should have attacked some holes quicker knowing his situation um but with a good offensive line I still think he could be a top five running back um in the league he still had really really good plays um so don't be too down on 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 Le'Veon Bell for sure um that's just my opinion you know people could disagree uh, but the Jets didn't have time to throw the ball. Robbie Anderson is primarily a deep threat. I've, I've said that Robbie Anderson can do more. I think when people think he or, or thought he couldn't do more, I think that's that, that's a mistake. Now, do I think he should be getting end arounds and and be, uh, you know, cutting underneath the defense on slants and and trying to make him, you know, pick up extra yards? And no, but I do think he's a, he's a decent medium route runner uh, based on his ability to run deep, which you know gives him you know 
some more separation. People open up their hips and, and run down the field with him a little bit earlier than other players because of how fast he is. It, open up, it, it opens up his medium route running game. Uh, I think he has relatively good hands. There's sometimes I'd like to see him attack the ball more, have stronger hands, but it comes with being like 160 pounds like he is. Uh, I know he's listed like 185, but there's no way he's 185. I will never believe that. Um, maybe with all his pads on and some and some sand in his pants or something, but uh, put a premium on him on him coming back because uh, a deep threat is hard to get and people are going to say you know Brashad Perryman, which might be an option if he leaves, but Brashad Perryman it hasn't been productive throughout his career, um, so that's not not a guy who I would just okay well you know let Rob Anderson walk and 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 sign Brashad Perryman for five six seven million dollars a year because I don't think the the value you know it's it's great value. Um, they might be forced into doing it if Rob Anderson does leave, if Cooper signs elsewhere, because you don't want to go into the draft um, with just Anunwa, who is he going to even play? Is he going to get hurt again? And then Jamison Crowder, and to be honest, a bunch of nobodies behind them. You know, you, you could like this guy or that guy, um, but realistically, like I said, we have to, we have, the Jets have to aim for, for better than that, just not a bunch of backups like we've had. So uh, Rob, bringing Robbie Anderson, a homegrown talent back, uh, is a premium. Am I worried about him going, uh, you know, with Rule uh, to the Panthers? Uh, yes, I, I think yeah, Rule went to the Panthers. Uh, that's that's a concern because you know, you know, they uh, I think they have a connection at, at Temple, I believe. Um, that's that's definitely a concern of mine. But uh, the Jets might have to pay twelve, thirteen million dollars to add him back, most likely around thirteen million dollars. So, uh, which I would still do because, like I said, there's not a ton of guys. You're looking at free agency, Cooper. Um, if at the right price, but I, I don't think he's a game-breaking type player. I think, you know, uh, guys like the, you know, the Julios and the Mike Evanses and, you know, Keenan Allens are the A-plus players. I feel like Cooper is more like an A-minus, B-plus type of player. I think he's a really, really good route runner. I think he's a solid yak guy, um, but he also does have some com uh, concentration drops, and he's he's been injured. You saw in the Jets game, uh, the next game against the Giants. So I think it's the next game against the Giants that the Cowboys played. He came off the field again, so he's getting injured a decent amount um, through throughout his career. So that's another concern. Do you want to sign a guy like that to, to a you know? Let's be realistic. He's a top you know free agency wide receiver, and there's a ton of teams who need you know game no not game breaking like I said a a minus type receivers. Um, at least in my opinion, and he's gonna get. 18, 19, 20 million dollars. And do you want to pay that um, for the Jets when they have so many you know, needs at other premium positions or, or premium positions? Because I'm not putting wide receiver as a premium position. You know, uh, you're looking at, you know, offensive line, uh, especially tackles as a premium position. You're looking at outside linebacker, you're looking at corner. The Jets have needs at all those areas. Um, right now, Jordan Jenkins isn't under contract. So you need two new outside linebackers or you re-sign Jenkins for 10, 11 million, $12 million a year, which he's going to get um, most likely. Um, and another outside linebacker. And then you might have to dip into the secondary market of, of wide receivers. So if you lose out on Cooper and Anderson, man, then you're looking at Jamison Crowder, uh, a noon who's a huge question mark. And is Demarius Thomas going to come back? So then you're looking at like, let's say, you know, you get, you get a, a mid-level guy, you know, you, you, you sign an Allison or Demarius Thomas back or a Treadwell. Then you have, let's just say, Allison, Jamison Crowder, and, you know, maybe a, a second or third round guy. That's what you want at wide receiver. No, uh, Rob Anderson's homegrown. I think he was a little bit of an idiot back in his days. Some of the things he was doing and, and yelling at the cops and doing whatever, getting in trouble. 
Um, but I think last year he, you know, he was a good guy off, uh, on and off the field. I think he's turning into maybe a little bit of a leader for the Jets. So I, I think they should sign him back. I think it shows, you know, um, you know, the other players in the locker room that you, that you perform. Um, and it's a good message kind of to send. And I don't know if I really said – even said it before. Like I said, I'm a little bit rusty, but Robbie Anderson wasn't able to go deep. That, that was one of the biggest problems with him. You know, looking at his yards, people are like, oh, you're going to pay $12 million for a guy who had, you know, 700 yards, you know, six touchdowns, whatever it was. I don't know the stats off the top, top of my head. But when the Jets have an offensive line that is allowing the quickest pressures in the NFL, you know, per uh, whatever it is, from, you know, from snap to, to pressure um, in the NFL – you know, let's say Sam Darnold had an average of two and a half seconds. How is he going to get rid of the ball deep to Robbie Anderson? Um, just by getting hit. Also with Robbie Anderson getting deep, guess what? You need, a, you need a clean pocket to be able to step into your throws and through your throws to be able to get the ball deep. So he wasn't able to be used as, as you know correctly because the offensive line was so damn bad um, that he couldn't really go deep. So that's, that's a big problem with Rob Anderson's game. And looking at his stats last year is that he needs more time for Sam Donald to, to allow him to get deep because right now, who's really a better deep threat than Robbie Anderson in the league. There's not a ton of guys who come up top of my head um, right now. And like I said, I've been sorry of the game. Maybe there's another guy or two or three or better than him, but he's easily, in my opinion, a top five deep threat in the NFL um, as of right now. So bring him back is definitely a, a priority. Um, in my opinion, if not, you're looking at guys like Perriman, who had a good last month of the season, but might get overpaid. You know, free agency, everybody really gets overpaid. Uh, Geronimo Allison from uh, the Packers is an option. Bringing back Demarius Thomas is an option. Treadwell is a, an option, but I think these are for like the fourth spot type of guys. So, you know, hopefully the Jets really would be able to bring back, let's say, Rob Anderson. You bring back Demarius Thomas, you sign a Treadwell. Uh, or an Allison and then even with that you get a you know maybe it's maybe it's uh, not Judy at 11 but it's a guy in the second or third round because it's a relatively deep wide receiver class and then you're looking at a wide receiving core who is about average so um, I don't think you want to dip much below that with getting uh, Rob or letting Robbie Anderson walk and having to overpay a guy who doesn't deserve it where Robbie Anderson does deserve the money I think he'll uh, get or he'll you know at least relatively closely Um, Joe at Jets Joe 73 um, who just became a Patreon, by the way, which I really appreciate. Uh, I, like I said, I apologize. There's, there's people who are, who are like paying however much a month, $10, $20 a month, and it's not it's not a subscription or anything like that, but just out of the their generosity because of the work I put in. Uh, and then Joe heard I was coming back and just became a Patreon like right away, which uh, thank you for that. I also appreciate the uh, the jersey. Um, but at JetsJoe73, um, how good do you think Bless Austin was as a rookie? Is the hype from him overkill? I'm not sure what the hype was because I wasn't around much, uh, but I'm assuming because he made some big tackles, some big hits, that it, that it's really, really high hype, and people were saying that you should start next year, and now the Jets only have one more uh, outside cornerback you know, spot to – uh, address in in, uh, in free agency, and they should have a solid duo with with him and the new guy in free agency, and bringing Brian, Brian Poole back. But let's not go crazy here. Um, what Greg Williams was asking the corners to do was pretty simple, uh, basic cloud type corner, um, and and cover two. You know, press guys at the line of scrimmage or, or play off, but be ready to react and not have to backpedal a lot because you're in that um, in that curl to flat zone. And that's why you saw him a lot on the screen, which is going to kind of. Uh, alters people's opinions because if a corner is playing in deep cover three on you know unless you're watching film how often you're going to see how good he played that because he's not going to be in the broadcast view but if he's getting tackles because he's playing in you know um, in a cover two zone you know in, in a shallow zone 
he's going to be noticed more. So, uh, yeah, I think he played pretty well. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not trashing the guy. I actually think he, he was definitely impressive. Um, he only played like four games in his last two years of college. So uh, injuries are a huge concern. I, I think his technique was always there. I, I think he had good technique. He stayed square um, when I was watching. He has strong hands. I think he has good balance. I think he has good base. I think he has good athleticism. Um, there are some things he has to work on, which I have to review the film more of, but he did get beat a little bit down the stretch and I believe he got benched or maybe injured. I think he got benched there after he gave up, uh, gave up a couple plays late in the season. So I think he's a guy who can be developed maybe into, you know, a, a nickel corner. Um, not in, I'm not talking about like, uh, well, actually I guess nickel, you're talking about slots and things like that. Maybe like a fourth string corner, fifth string corner. Maybe he develops into a, a spot starter, but the problem with him is even if he's really good, he's he has injury problems uh, regardless if he got injured last year or not get a ton in college and if you're going to the season uh, with Wes Austin a uh, guy who was picking up what sixth seventh round who had a ton of injury problems as your number two uh, yeah, you're sadly mistaken uh, I think he should be a guy who's developed as a, as a backup right now just you know clearly a, one on injuries and two on a very small sample size uh, and he, the small sample size was was based on you know simple coverages that he was asked to do now did he play some man did he play some cover three and did he play it well at times yes but primarily it was it was more shallow zones and things like that so uh, he definitely gets a plus grade for him in his rookie year but uh hyping him up to be what i'm assuming people are saying as the number two guy right now or or you know in a really big role i, I think is a little bit crazy like i said stride for better uh you can't base opinions on a couple of games then just go into the next season with him as your start i think it'd be pretty crazy um Next question, Peter J. Dillard. Let me get some water here. Um, Peter J. Dillard at Big Pedro three six three six. No spaces. Um, I'm loving all the. Uh, I'm loving the O line questions. Obviously, a double struggle at times. But have you seen enough positive traits play on film to give you the feeling he could be ascending to a potential uh, potential future starter? Um, I think the key word in that in that question is well one could be I think the key phrase or the key you've taken a couple of words could be ascending potentially basically um, yes do I think he could potentially be a, a a starter in a couple of years yes do I think the Jets ideally should go into the season with him as a starting right tackle no 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 way in hell um, I think he showed flashes like I said good technique I think he's good at picking up stunts I think he has a relatively quick feet um, early in the year I saw that he was not opening the gate as quickly as shell was and and he wasn't so much opening his hips up whereas he was following his kick uh, kick foot with his post foot which he should be doing um, I saw that much more than a dogo so I saw the cleaner technique but also when you're asking him to block in the run game doesn't have the longest arms. And I was talking about his long arms and, and relative to his body. I think he has shorter arms. Um, doesn't have a ton of power. Um, kind of an awkward body. So he, he struggled with power. Um, with blocking guys who have a strong bull rush who controls chest he doesn't he's not able to really cuff them after drop his weight drop his anchor hop back in his anchor doesn't have a great bridge um, when he is getting bull rushed you know double unders things that are not that effective because he's not very strong um, and the run game moving guys out of the way um, he wasn't the best at he was good at getting to the second level getting out on blocks but I don't think he should be a starter next year, but like I said, keyword could be ascending to a, a future starter. Future starter doesn't mean this year. doesn't even mean next year. Could he be a starter year four or five in the NFL? Possibly. So um, I would say yes to that, to that question. Um, somebody, 
I guess, oh, I guess sorry, his name is the guy um, on Twitter at Nafilsal Ansari one. Uh, that was a little bit. I, I definitely didn't say that right. Um, can all, Ar- Arthur Mollett start next year? <laughs> no. Um, he is what 27, 28 years old. Like, again, flash in the pan. Couple of good plays. Wasn't asked to think a lot. Um, he definitely has the um, the want to. He definitely you know was laying some guys out and making hard plays and fighting through blocks. I think he's a good tackling corner. Um, but again, you know, if if you have him as your as your five and Austin as your six or Austin as your five and him as your six I would, I would be okay with that I think they can get some better depth than those guys because they're are especially Mollette because you know Austin has some room to grow things that he's a little bit younger even though with injury problems Mollette was a you know he was a guy who showed up on the broadcast angle because the Jets didn't have anything else so you saw him make a tackle or two but he really wasn't great so if he's a sixth I'm okay with that maybe the fifth but other than that, uh, no. Uh, fourth, I'd be pissed. Third, I'd be pissed. Can he start? No, just no way. There's absolutely no way. Um, Eleven, Alex Arroyo uh, at JR one one eight seven. If the top four uh, offensive tackles are off the board and Judy and Lamb are still on the board, would you trade back with the Cowboys for their one and two? This is if Cooper and Robbie sign elsewhere. Um, that's a big part of that question. This is, is if Cooper and Robbie sign elsewhere. So there's a couple of things going against the trade back um, in this one. Those those Judy and Lamb are still on the board. I don't know if Ruggs went before them. Uh, if you prefer Judy and Lamb, let's just say those are the two guys on the board right now. Uh, I prefer I, I prefer Judy um, over over Lamb. Uh, his route running is just absolutely ridiculous. Um, and that gets you open, in, you know, in the NFL. Yeah, you need you need uh, athletic ability, which Judy does have as well. He has some good yak. I, I don't think he's a guy who's going to be like high four fours. Or I mean, low four fours, and then maybe like high four fours. But I still think he is a ridiculously good route runner. Now, look at Keenan Allen and how good he is in the NFL. Uh, Judy has good hands. He has solid, you know, uh, yak. He's not like a viscous Chenault in terms of yak, um, but his route running is ridiculous. And I, I'm gonna have to really dive more deeply into their into their games and watch them uh, with Judy versus Rugs versus Lamb versus Chenault versus whoever else. Um, but if the four guys are off the board, let's say you know the Jets don't value one of the outside linebackers, uh, the corner isn't there. Take Judy at eleven. Um, one because I don't think the Jets are getting good value with one and one and two because I think the Cowboys pick late teens, you know, somewhere like I think it's eighteen, nineteen, or maybe seventeen, eighteen, nineteen. So to move up, let's just say, let's be generous and say of seventeen to move up six spots is going to take more than the second round pick, um, which I think they're like around fifty that second round picks. So that's not enough value one to just trade up from from one. Um, to, to trade up first round picks, you know, from late teens to their to eleven, so that's a big negative. You're you're getting bad value, so it's not like there's nobody on the board and, and you just want to get an extra pick. There's two guys there who are really really good, and you're 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 pairing that with the fact that Cooper and Robbie sign elsewhere. So at that point, maybe the Jets say they have they have Geronimo Allison, Anunwa's healthy. Or let's just say Anunwa's still a huge question mark. Is he even going to play? So let's not even say that. He's, you have Anunwa's a question mark. You have Crowder, who played very, very well uh, last year. And then you have Geronimo Allison. You're not going to take Judy or Lamb there. Let's, no, there's no way. So take Judy there in that, in that situation. Uh, definitely do not trade back. Um, next question. 
Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to, oh, I put this in here. Anonymous uh, responded to question nine in terms of, do you think that uh, a Doga should be the starting right tackle or, or could he develop into a prevent, uh, potential starting right tackle in the future? And then a guy commented, this is why Twitter's just, it, let's be honest, it's not the smartest place in the world because people think it's Madden and you can just put a right tackle at center. You could put a right tackle at right guard. You could put a right tackle at left guard. It doesn't work like that. Different positions need different things. Left guard needs more power. Than, than right guard where center needs more brains than, than right tackle where right tackle needs more footwork um, and, and, a, and a faster get off than, than right guard where right guard might need more power than right tackle. So it's not, and, and, and you're playing against different guys. Look at right tackles who, you know, in Rosadoga who was playing against, you know, guys like Cam Wake or whoever who are linebackers who might be 240, 230, 250. Let's say even if he does a matchup against a D end who's 270, that's a lot different than playing right guard who has to play against nose tackles and, you know, on, on combo blocks, um, you know, stuffing three texts to the center, um, you know, uh, reaching or hinging on nose tackles who are 340 pounds. It, it's a lot different playing right guard than right tackling a lot more power as a right guard um, than you do at right tackle and right. And he's already struggling at power as a right tackle. Um, with his lack of strength, and you're thinking you're just going to be able to just shift him over a spot to play against more interior defensive linemen when he's a he's a weaker tackle as it already is. That's that makes absolutely no sense. So this is why Twitter is just it, it's 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 crazy. You know, it, it's absolutely crazy. Um, and this is what I'm going to stop doing. I'm going to stop responding to people like that. Maybe I'll talk about it on the show, but uh, the opinions out there uh, are are a little bit crazy. I actually told Scott, and I was actually recording a podcast with him, uh, play like a jet off season roundtable, whatever, yesterday, but. Uh, had some things go on and we're having to re-record, but uh, we're talking about Twitter. I actually deleted my Twitter for a little bit. People probably didn't notice. I deleted the Twitter app. I don't know if I actually deleted by Twitter per se, but I deleted the app for a good two, three weeks where I wasn't tweeting. Um, it's really nice. I just the opinions out there. It's it's a really uh, it's a toxic type of place with a lot of people who are behind keyboards and think they know a lot when realistically they know nothing. You know, I was talking to a work friend the other day and I was like, you know, how many people talk so strongly on the radio? Michael Kay, Don LaGreca, uh, guys on WFAN, you know, if you're in my area who talk about football, but then they couldn't tell you the difference between, you know, cover three replace or cover three cloud or cover three buzz. But then you're talking so strongly about football opinions. How, how, how do you do that? So, and that's what Twitter is 99% of it. So it's just, it's stay away from that stuff. Uh, I'm, I'm on Twitter to look at funny videos and, and get updates about, you know, NBA trades and trades and stuff like that. But in terms of football opinions and having educated opinions, unless it's one, with one of my listeners, um, I don't really, I'm just going to, I'm going to bail out of that. Um, next question, James Tom's Doyle at Jimbo slice underscore. Uh, maybe it's two underscores. I can't really tell. Um, do you pay Robbie Anderson 12 million per year? Talk about it before. Uh, yes, no question about $12 million a year. I, I think he might maybe go as high as, you know, the Jets might go as high as 13, 13 half, maybe $14 million for a guy like Robbie Anderson. Uh, don't undervalue him because of his stats. He's one of the best deep threats in the NFL. Didn't, Donald didn't have time to throw to him. Uh, if he goes to a team with a good offensive line, uh, I'm telling you right now, you're going to be watching him. You're going to be regretting it. So pay him uh, $12 million per year. Uh, every single day of the week, I'll, I'll hand deliver that $12 million to him uh, maybe in an armored car, not in my, my Ford Fusion. <laughs> um, 14, Michael Christopher at Big Dogs with a Z, uh, 1318. What type of offensive lineman fit best in Gase's system when we're talking about draft and free agency? Are they looking 
for more athletic type of linemen or something with size like Trent Brown. Also, what type of corner does Greg, uh, Greg like the most? Athletic offensive linemen for sure. Uh, lighter personnel sets, you need offensive linemen who are able to move in space more. You know, you don't have an extra, uh, you know, tackle or an, an extra fullback or tight end to chip the end. You might have to move more and get into more uh, vertical sets uh, when you're not as close, you're, you're not as uh, in close tight with a guy. Um, where as with a tight end, you might be uh, you might be asked to move more because the tight end is out so wide. The only way he's going to come into is if he crashes through that uh, that that C gap um, instead of you having you know it's a shorter C gap if the tight end is there you know on the outside. So you have less ground to cover. Um, where you can really you know kind of dictate where. As if it, you don't have the tight end and it's a not and it's a nine, you better be have fast feet to get out there. So um, it's definitely a system where there are lighter on personnel. Lighter personnel means moving around more. Now, not necessarily with Gase's system, but with the systems in terms of the running game. Who I'm not sure who the run game coordinator was last year, but I know he's always had his run game coordinated for him. Um, it's a lot more zone. Zone is a lot more uh, positional value our uh, positional leverage over uh, physical leverage where physical leverage more getting under the pads, moving guys where zone is more getting in front of get, just ba basically getting in front of guy and being a deterrent where, you know, you're, you're really trying to, to win that a gap instead of trying to move that guy out of the a gap kind of deal. Um, so definitely more athletic guys for uh, Adam Gase's, you know, uh, system. Now for, Greg, he definitely likes more zone corners. Uh, he plays he plays cover one uh, a lot more than people think, but he also plays cover two, uh, Tampa two, uh, cover three a lot as well. Um, and I think two, you know, based on him playing a lot of two and three, um, that equals up more than the one. Even though he does play a lot more one than people realize, so he likes he likes zone corners, smart corners. He likes bigger corners who get in, involved in the run game. Guys who are physical. We saw Brian Poole blitzing uh, a decent amount last year. Um, not as much as he did with Atlanta, but he did blitz because he has a guy like uh, Jamal Adams who can blitz and, and even Marcus May who can blitz. But uh, definitely bigger corners, good awareness, uh, guys who can jump routes, read concepts, uh, bait, you know, uh, quarterbacks, um, guys who can hit and blitz, like I said. And uh, that's why, like I said, people noticed a guy like Blessing Austin during the season because he was asked to be in more shallow zones, asked to – you know, be more of a presence in the run game, um, made more plays on flats, on shorter routes, things like that. Uh, next question, at Adam underscore Gase, uh, god of the offenses, at T Silver 123 Is there any hope Ryan Griffin uh, becoming a decent blocker? Um, I think he's, a, he's not a guy who's like a – he's not a pansy with blocking. Um, I know it's 2029. I might have to watch. I might have defended somebody. Uh, but, yes, he's a pansy or he's not a pansy, um, he is willing. He just doesn't have really great technique. So you'll see him, you know, block one guy, one play, and then the next play he has really bad technique and the guy will get right past him. So willing, yes, able, not really. Um, but I really don't think he's going to have to, especially when you have guys like Herndon. Herndon's a, you know, decent blocker, let's say. I think he could be above average, but he only played in one, in one game last year. So he has to build upon what he did in his rookie season. You have to hope he's healthy. Uh, Wesco was a rookie. Yeah, he struggled a little bit last year. He wasn't as big of an impact as I thought, as I thought he was going to be as an H-back, as a, as a sifter, um, et cetera. But again, he was a rookie. It's a second year. So I don't think Ryan Griffin's going to have to block with guys like Herndon and Wesco um, on this team. So it's not a huge need, and I don't think he can really turn into a good blocker or a decent blocker. He's just too inconsistent for it. So he's been in the league for how many years now, too? He's been 
he was at the Texans for like three, four, five years. Now he's been with the Jets. So it's his like sixth or seventh year in the NFL. I don't think really a lot is going to change. Uh, rounding it out, let's see. We have like four more questions. Uh, actually, we'll say five because I don't think I don't think the Brian Poole thing is addressed in here, which I'll just talk about. Uh, with Brian Poole, it, it's it's really all going to depend on what he is, what he's valued at because him getting he got like three and a half million dollars from the Jets and there was a reason for that he was inconsistent player you know you can go back uh if people are new listeners or you forget it type in turn on the Jets film room which by the way uh the the podcast is t is toj space film space room I think on the podcast app people have to re-download it people might have deleted me um but on YouTube you can find it type in toj film room uh, or turn on the Jets, Brian Poole. And I did a, a show on him. The, the reason he was signed for not a lot of money and for not a lot of years and not a lot of guarantees is because he was inconsistent. He had some really high moments and some really low moments. Now, last year, he had a lot of high moments with the Jets, but are you going to be, be willing to pay top market dollar for him for a guy who had one year of consistent production, uh, who I think did have some lapses, in, in my personal opinion? <clears throat> um, if you're going to have to pay him that high, is it, is it worth it? You know, you have to weigh versus what the market is with corner. Do you get a, a guy like Byron Jones? You need to pay a lot for him. Um, <clears throat> there's a lot of questions with that. So uh, you have to be careful about playing or paying guys who have one year of really good production with an inconsistent past. Uh, guys like Shaq Barrett, are, are the Bucks going to pay him? Should the Jets pay him? He was a leading sack in the NFL, I think, at 18 and a half sacks. Are you willing to pay a guy top – dollar for that for for one year of production who could easily you know come down to the mean and maybe now pool isn't a good player he's just a decent player and you're paying and you're paying him you know 10 11 million dollars a year whatever it may be so uh it's a big question on pool it, that's that's a lot dictated on the market i'm not i don't think you go top dollar for that guy uh now maybe i end up being wrong but i think that based on his past um i think you'd be safer to assume that he's going to to average out a little bit um Next question at Andrew Fitzgerald at Fitz Aces No Spaces. It's Fitz Aces with no space. It's not Fitz Aces No Spaces. Even though it's kind of, kind of, kind of cool name, it rhymes. Um, what position do the Jets need to work on besides O line on offense? Uh, major one I, I see is is wide receiver. Um, especially with all the questions with Robbie Anderson, if there's a lot of what ifs in this. It, it, even if Robbie Anderson is resigned, let's say he is resigned, are do you want to go into the year? with Robbie Anderson and just Crowder? Uh, was a huge question. Demarius Thomas isn't back. Who was the fifth and sixth corners, even if even if Anunua was to come back? Um, uh, so I would say wide receiver, both depth and, and top flight guys. Uh, Robbie Anderson, I think he's a complimentary piece. I don't think he's that true X who's a game breaker because, you know, if you play over the top of him, uh, throw a shallow zone underneath him to, to prevent, you know, comebacks, you know, in routes, digs, et cetera, um, and you let a guy play over top, then he could be a little bit shut down where you, if you have a guy um, who's a true number one, uh, like Cooper, I think he's a true number one uh, X type guy. I don't think he's, like I said, I think he's an A minus instead of an A plus player. He could, he could beat double coverage. He can make, con uh, you know, consistent con uh, contested catches, even though he's a little bit inconsistent with his hands. Guys like Judy, I think could beat coverage, even though uh, he'll have to develop. He's not going to be a game breaker year one. At least I don't think so. Or a guy like Lamb, you know, um, I don't really know where I'm going with this. I kind of just confused myself, but uh, wide receiver. Let's just say wide receiver. Uh, there's a lot of question marks with that position. 
Um, and obviously minus offensive line, it's, it's a need. I think backup tight end is a need. Uh, is Herndon going to be healthy? He, he played, he hurt himself right here. He heard his groin, like running routes before he was even clear to practice. He's running routes on his own. Um, you have Ryan, you just have Ryan Griffin again, which who, who got a contract. So I don't think that's a huge need actually, but, um, definitely looking at wide receiver. I, I think backup running back. I like Powell. Um, I think he's a good number two. Um, then you have maybe Le'Veon Bell. Is he going to get traded? So his running back become a huge need if, if Le'Veon Bell gets traded because now you're just stuck with Powell. I really don't think Ty Montgomery is going back. I think that's one of Adam Gase's shortcomings was he needed to use Ty Montgomery um, in a little bigger of a role. I think he could have done more for this offense as both a receiving option out of the backfield and as a slot option. Um, if you're going to flex him out and then it's, a, you know, if you see man coverage, he flexes out. Now he's in, in you know, working routes against a outside linebacker, uh, even a safety in coverage. I mean, he used to be a former wide receiver. So I think he should have been used more. He's not coming back. So uh, I think backup running backs is a position the Jets should address maybe in, in free agency or maybe even, you know, round four, five, six, whatever it may be of, of the, uh, the NFL draft. Uh, next play or next play um next so i'm doing film again i'm getting used to that uh kale upshaw at kaler blind were the offensive plays creative anyway were guys schemed open or were they left to get separation by themselves or themselves um there was definitely some isolation routes i i you know you see it with adam gase and and isolation routes are were frequent like i said on, on the back side of three by one sets so, uh, adam gase is a big 11 personnel type of guy a lot of them were you know, bunch sets, uh, bunch sets, uh, trips, uh, tray, whatever it might have been, where you're leaving one guy on the backside, and then yes, it's an isolation route. So he is, he is the back, the backup type of option, depending on how the co- coverage dictates it. Um, but typically, the 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 backup type option for those are the second read, third read, um, in those three by one sets. And yes, there were isolation routes, but I would say more often than not, his, his scheme of offense is around, you know, sale concepts and flood concepts and cab and whatever it might, might've been. I, you know, I, I'm, like I said, I'm, I'm rusty in terms of knowing exactly what he ran. I know he ran a lot of sale, a lot of flood type things. Um, and in some situations where he probably shouldn't have, I think there were some times, honestly, with Gase where he could have called uh, more, more intermediate type concepts like like cab or shorter like uh, drag and follow like things like that uh, where he he knew Sam Darnold didn't have a lot of time so I think that's one of his shortcomings I think his use usage of Le'Veon Bell or lack of usage of Le'Veon Bell in a diverse way and Tom Montgomery were some of his shortcomings but I also think that people are a little bit too hard on him in terms of also offensive scheme. And that's just my honest opinion. Like I said, I don't just go with the norm. Uh, I'll say stuff that pisses people off. I give my honest opinion. Um, in the beginning of the year, when you have a bunch of backup offensive linemen who can't block a practice squad quarterback, what are you supposed to do? There's just no way. You can't run the ball. Le'Veon Bell was hit behind the line of scrimmage more than any other running back in the league. Uh, or fewest yards before contact, which could be a little bit contributed to him in terms of his patience behind the line, but still one of the bottom five run blocking units in the NFL, terrible pass blocking. So you can't pass block. You don't have a quarterback who can throw or read defenses um, and you can't run the ball. What are you supposed to do? Like you're put in a really shitty position. Um, now, like I said, I'm not absolving him. I said some of his problems. Um, I think in the locker room, he's been, he's, he's an issue. I don't think he's learned from Miami, which is a huge, which is a bigger question of mine than an offensive scheme. I think if you give him, you know, playmakers of an offensive line, yes, he'd have some shortcomings most likely, but I think he's a guy who could be a positive, uh, in, in terms of scheming and play calling. 
but that paired with or, or just looking at his locker room stuff with Inunua, Kalecio Summon is a little bit of a different story in, in my opinion. Um, he, I, I, I think he kind of he got signed with an injury and he, I think he tried to bail out early and collect some of his money. That's my honest opinion, or that might've been, kind of played a factor. So I, I think the jets were not trying to allow him to do that. So then he had some problems with Gase and the Jets staff and whatever. Uh, Quincy Noir had some, had some issues. So uh, I don't love his locker room antics. You know, there were, he was pissing Jamal Adams off, even though Jamal Adams didn't really get to talk about that too much, but he needs to grow up a little bit in terms of that stuff. Yeah. Joe, Joe, you know, now it depends. Did Joe Douglas really shop him, shop him? Um, then maybe he is pissed off. But if he was just listening to offers and talking to people, uh, that's that's his job. If he wasn't doing that, he wouldn't be doing his job. And even if he is shopping him, you know, listen, if he's calling guys, what is he shopping him for? It, it, now, if he was shopping for a, fir- a first and a fourth, should Jamal Adams be pissed? Yeah, but if he was if he was calling guys and saying, hey, two first round two, uh, two first round picks for Jamal Adams, do you want him? Then then he's valuing you at a high, at a high price. So. Um, that was a little bit weird, but you know, Le'Veon Bell. There's there's a couple different things that are happening. So um, that's my other things. You know that uh, that are wrong with with Gase, uh, both with scheme and whatever. Uh, two more questions. This is a little bit longer one, I think. Uh, oh, this is with Jamal Adams, which I just talked about, which is good. Uh, Sun Moon Rise thirty one at Sun Moon Rise thirty one. No spaces. Not really a film room question, which by the way, I don't, you know, when I ask for mailbags, you can ask me my favorite topping for a burger. I, I enjoy talking about that stuff, you know, sometimes instead of football or favorite beer or favorite, whatever, favorite game. Like I, I enjoy those questions. So uh, feel free to get stupid and ask me stupid questions. I enjoy it. Uh, it's a fun conversation. So not really a film room question. What, what's your take on Jets versus Jamal Adams? What's your break even point? you would bite as GM Joe Douglas in a trade scenario? And what teams do you think could bite if they just play a hardball, a hardball, hard i.e. no contract extension this offseason, that offseason? I don't know what that means, this offseason, that offseason. Um, maybe next, I don't, I don't know. Uh, any team that needs a really you know, versatile playmaker in, in the secondary, you could play safety, you can line up against tight ends, he could play in the box, he could take on running backs, he could take on tight ends, he could blitz through the A-gap, B-gap, C-gap, D-gap, whatever it may be. Um, he could bracket, he could do really whatever you need him to do. So any teams that need a super versatile player, uh, the best safety in the NFL, that's either him or Derwin James, but Derwin James played one year and was injured last year. So it's a big question mark, but right now I'm taking Jamal Adams over anybody. Um, so many, 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 many teams, specifically the Cowboys who clearly want him pretty bad. Um, but I don't, I, trading him, it has to be multiple first round picks. I, I, I'm that high on the guy. I think when you have an elite playmaker um, who is not at a positional val- position of value, but when he's doing all those things, you know, I, 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 if he's a basic safety, who's a really good safety, who only plays the deep third, um, which is still incredibly valuable, um, then yeah, he's a little bit more tradable. But when you have a guy like Jamal Adams who could literally do anything, I think he's still, I think he's good in coverage. I don't think he's fantastic in coverage, but he's elite in in other aspects in terms of the, you know, in the box. Um, you can't just box him in. Oh, he's just a safety. That's that's stupid to say. He is the leader of the defense. He's an elite player. He makes a ton of plays. Um, he's the absolute leader of the team. 
um, and of the defense. Uh, you, know, you know, Sam Darnold might be, but he's the more the vocal leader. Um, he's expressed that he wants to be here. Now is he expressing that he wants to be here to, to look good and not have the fans hate him if he gets traded or leaves or get a bigger contract offer to, to jack up other people's prices, whatever it may be. Um, I think he's a great leader. Uh, he's great in the community. You don't get rid of those guys. He's homegrown. He's he's with the Jets. Sign him for seven years. That's that's what I want to happen. Um, now I think he's so elite that yeah, you know what? Listen, could you get him for a cheap fourth year and a fifth year option? Yes, but at the same time, I think locking down guys like that who have played an elite level and, and showing that to him and to the rest of the organization is an important thing. To the rest of the guys in that locker room, uh, you trade a guy like Jamal Adams, who is the leader of that defense. You have Mosley; he's not really a, a vocal leader. Um, Jamal Adams deserves that that contract. I think he definitely needs to mature in, in terms of social media and commenting on things and quote tweeting and et cetera, et cetera. But he's still young. Um, but he he needs to be locked up. Uh, I don't think you really trade all pro players like that uh, from the team when you have a, a severe lack of all pro players. And looking at it, even if you were to get two first round picks, don't tell me I won't be nervous about those two first round picks. What if that? What if you trade Jamal Adams and you get a top ten pick? That that top ten pick is is whatever the Jets have gotten the last couple of years. Let's say it's a player as good as Leonard Williams, who's a, who's, let's say he's a solid player, decent player. I know people are a little bit lower on him than I am because I think he proves more on film than people realize. Let's say you get Leonard Williams, and then the next first-round pick is a, a freaking mid-round mid pick, and what if it turns into D. Milner? And then you just traded an elite all-pro player. Now, yeah, you want to have more faith in that than Joe Douglas, but the draft, I think, obviously, he'll do better than Mike McCagney, but in, in many aspects, it's a crapshoot. So you're going to trade that for Jamal Adams. Still a big question mark. So it's going to take a lot to trade uh, for, for me to be happy to, to get rid of a guy like Jamal Adams. I don't think I'll be happy regardless, but it needs to be a very, very steep price. I think the, the smart thing to do is to, to sign him now. Um, and apparently there's been some, some negotiations, et cetera. So I think that's good. I don't know if they would actually work out numbers, but it seems like both sides are, are starting the, uh, the, the conversation in terms of him getting an extension right now. So that, I think that needs to happen. Don't trade that guy. Um, next and last question uh, Rip Co- Kobe GG uh, at Baby Jesus or Baby underscore Jesus fourteen, which yeah, that, that whole Kobe thing was brutal. I don't really want to talk about it. It's been a, it's been a while, but um, I don't know why they were flying uh, in the first place. But I know they're going like a wreck game or whatever. But if I think it was a state police was grounded, their helicopter because it was so foggy, and then their helicopter didn't have some detection the detection system that could tell you if if you're gonna collide with something like a mountain um so it's flying in the fog and that like yeah it obviously that's just my like my logical thinking of what happened in terms of nine people dying kobe who is an icon who i looked up to as a kid an elite player good guy in the community uh even sadder than that his his daughter um another child was on it, it that was I remember seeing that at work and people are like, you're lying. I'm like, no, nah, I'm not lying. Like it was, it was brutal. It was, it definitely, it definitely hit you different. And it's kind of weird and to, not to get too like crazy into this, but it's, it's almost weird. You see, and I'm a cop and you know, I see a cop die. And I'm kind of like, uh, like it, it makes me feel bad, but I don't even like it. Then I kind of, I forget about an hour for an hour. And then I see Kobe die, and it, 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 it makes an impact for weeks or months or years because it's like an icon. It's, it's kind of, it's, it's weird that I, I almost feel guilty for thinking that. Or feeling that way, but uh, yeah, it was weird. It was weird. I don't. I, sh- I don't. I should maybe edit that out, but I'm not because I don't care. Uh, Rip Kobe Gigi at baby underscore Jesus fourteen is Boston Austin a long term uh, long term option? Yes. Uh, is he a long term option as a number one? No. Is he a long term option as a number two? No. Number three? No. Four? Maybe. 
Uh, but yeah, I think he showed enough in his rookie year that he should be considered as a long-term option as a depth piece. If he can stay healthy, if he can't stay healthy, you know, then you can't be a depth piece. Look at the Jets injuries last year. That, that was the, we were the most injured team in the NFL by far. I don't remember, I don't know what happened at the end of the season in terms of like healthiness and, and where we were at, but missing Mosley, Avery Williamson, Hewitt, Cashman, you know, a bunch of guys who, who, who got injured. That's, that's just on the, you know, KO and Shell was injured and Beecham missed a few games and Winters missed a few games and, you know, Backups were missing a few games in the offensive line. Herndon not being there. And Noonwell missing the, the entire season. Griffin missing games. Like, it was a brutally, brutally bad year. So, you need depth. And your depth also needs to remain healthy. So, if he's the fourth guy, if he's showing injury problems, you know, in the next couple of years, should he be counted as to be the fourth guy? Because if your number two goes down and your four goes down, guess what? You're quickly to your number five. And if you're down to your number five and then you have your, your let's just say, your, your, your one, three, and your five, what if you have to go dime? Now you have your six in there. Like, it, it's, uh, it's sketchy. So I think he is, but he, it, that's kind of, uh, kind of based on his, on his health, uh, which I think he should be considered for it right now. Um, that's, that's a big question. So uh, that's it. If, if people want to start sending like, questions through emails, if I get enough, I'll, I'll, I'll do another uh, mailbag. I'd like to do a couple more mailbags, uh, you know, occasionally, maybe once a month or so. Uh, around the draft, I need to get some more film done. I'm doing Conklin right now. Uh, just a preview. I think he's good. I don't think the Jets should overpay. Uh, he has some physical limitations. His technique is overall good, but struggles in some areas. I'm already doing notes on him, uh, breaking down plays. I already have like 10, 11, 12 plays, whatever. I'm going to game five right now, but I also need my internet to to be working to be able to do that. So um, that's held me back for, for a couple of days um, in terms of recording plays because it goes slow as it's laggy that I want to put on social media because it looks like crap. Um, but I'll have a show about him. I'll do some other guys. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'm not going to do as much last year in terms of like having a billion guys done before free agency in the draft. But once they sign guys, um, I'm definitely going to uh, show you the top guys that they sign, mid-level players. However much I could do, I'm going to do. I'm not going to uh, destroy myself. But uh, – I say that now until I I get real, I have like OCD where if I get one player done, I have to do it all the rest. If I get the first wide receiver done, well, now I need to know about the third, fourth, fifth, sixth wide receiver. So uh, we'll, we'll see what happens with all that. But I definitely uh, do enjoy being back and, uh, you know, talking to all of you. Like I said, I, I, I do apologize to the people who really enjoy the show, enjoy the Twitter reviews, uh, Patreons. Uh, I, I always stuck with me and I thought about it often. The dad who would watch with his kid and stuff like that. Uh, I don't like that. I didn't have a podcast or show or whatever for them for, for, for three, four months. And they, people said, I, I kept them saying, so I pre, I really, really do appreciate the the listeners. Um, tell, tell your, 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 your friends, your family that I'm back. Um, if, if they deleted my podcast, recommend it to, to people who don't, um, don't know about it. Uh, I, I think understanding film, understanding techniques, understanding concepts, which I don't even know a lot about, like, I do, but in terms of, I don't, <laughs> I just, there's so much to learn. Uh, like I'm, I'm getting into, to, to, uh, book and Bible reads. Like there's people like there's a, there's book reads, there's Bible reads, there's Bible plays. There's a bunch of stuff that's just out there that I'm still learning about. There's still terminology changes, plays change, uh, reads change, uh, based on alignments and there's different calls for different reads for different, it, it, there's so much different things to, to learn. Um, and I, I kind of try to explain it to you guys and show it to you the best I can and et cetera. But uh, 
there's not a lot of people on Twitter who really, like I said, simple things, cover three versus three. Uh, buzz versus cloud how many people go people on twitter ask them to to tell you what that is without going to google it um and then like i said they're trying to to kind of formulate opinions and, and influence people's opinions and that's the like i said the issue i saw where it was things as simple as that where people didn't understand it and people were talking with such strong opinions and it was bothering the crap out of me to consistently see that so let's uh let's spread the word let's get this podcast out there to more people um you know, reviews, uh, likes, subscriptions, Patreon, like I said, not, not a necessity, but it does cost money to have internet guys out here, to have mics, to have computers, to have hard drives, external hard drives that put more plays on it. So I appreciate it. Um, I don't know what it is. I think I pu- I'm going to put it on the, on the, the link to YouTube or whatever it may be, but pretty sure we're listening. I'll be back in a couple of days, about a week, maybe it depends on how long I get that or how long it takes me to get Conklin done. Uh, again, I appreciate all of you guys for sticking with me. Um, hopefully everybody knows I'm back and I will see you in a, a couple of days.